You mean there's math involved in living this thing called the Christian life? You have to add and subtract and multiply. Yes, there's math involved. We looked at in week one some things that need subtracting out of our lives for us to bring honor and glory to his name. Actually, for the first couple of weeks, more subtraction than addition most of the time. We looked at some things to add in last time. and What we haven't looked at is the obvious, and that's this. What has been subtracted out from us uh, who know Jesus is our responsibility for our own sin, our paying our own sin debt, our, our, our answering for our own disobedience and sin against God. What's been added in is us. Scripture describes it as grafting into the vine. We've been grafted into the family. We, you and I have been added to the family of God. That's good math. Uh, but as Jesus left this place, he said, multiply. Go and make disciples. Reproduce yourself. Pour into someone else so that they'll look like you, ultimately looking like me. Multiply yourself over and over and over again. That's where we are find our, we're going to find ourselves today in Mark 4, if you want to turn to Mark chapter 4. We'll look together at verses 2 to 9 and look at this thing called multiplication. Mark 4, verse 2. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly, but because the soil was shallow. But when, he, when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they could not bear again. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, what can we glean from this passage? Several things, one of which is this. <clears throat> multiplying, first of all, is about how we sow the seed. It's about how we sow the seed. <clears throat> Look at verse 4 again with me. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. As he was scattering the seed. When you and I have a scattered, random approach to our life, the sharing of our faith tends to be that way as well. It tends to be scattered. It tends to be random. Instead of more intentional. Our message and our methods should follow our mission. Does, that look, does it look that way in your life and in my life? Is there a sense of mission to what we do and there's, is there a sense of intentionality to how we live and how we serve, how we <clears throat> walk, how we communicate with others? If there's a sense of mission to us, then the message easily follows and the methods easily find themselves in the right place. If our life is scattered, our seed sowing is scattered, our, our truth-telling is scattered, our sharing of our faith is scattered, our story is scattered, our influence is scattered, but ordered can accomplish what God wants to accomplish. This was a farmer here who knew better. He knew better than this little seed along the path would be trampled down and scattered around. Yet, by mistake, that's what he did. And we kind of, by mistake, sometimes back into the places of sharing our faith. And, and consequently, most of us make mistakes and end up frustrated because we don't get the results we had intended to receive. So he knew better, but he sowed carelessly anyway. What am I talking about? Well, here's an example. Social media can be a, a, a tool and a source for great good, and sometimes is. 
But sometimes the same person sharing thankfulness and gratitude for what God's done and praising the Lord is the next day lambasting and bashing somebody else, usually about something insignificant. And we find ourselves, Paul describes it this way, can both blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth? These things shouldn't be, and they shouldn't. And our scattered approach to our faith, if, it, if it's compartmentalized to Sunday or to small group or to, to, to Easter or to Christmas, or when we compartmentalize our faith, our, 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 the sharing of our faith tends to be scattered in the sense that it's very random. And it, it sometimes falls on us rather than our being intentional about it and, and investing in the relationships of the people to where that opportunity presents itself willingly and the Lord opens those doors clearly. Uh, it's, it's about how we sow the seed. If that's very random, very scattered, it's usually because we, we live a random and scattered life. If we will order ourselves and our thinking and our walk, the Lord will more easily order our, our, the sharing of our faith and will bring that to us in a, in a consistent and ordered and, and, and patterned way. It's hard to see, though, if we're throwing seed anywhere and everywhere it, it, it lies. It's about how we sow the seed. Secondly, it's about when we sow the seed. Look at verse 6 with me. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. When the sun came up, he says in this passage, the seed is sown here at an inopportune time. And so it, it's, it's, it, the sun comes out, scorches the seed, is, is able, he says in this verse, to, to, to uh, have no root. Why? Because the heat was turned up. And when the heat is turned up in our lives, sometimes we shell ourselves and compartmentalize ourselves and protect ourselves from anything coming. Why? Because I want to away from the heat. And God says here that if, 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 we will, if we will be discreet and, and, and selective and wise in when we sow the seed, to look for an opportune time and when we sow the seed, it'll, it'll find root. If the only time we go to God are in states of panic, states of crisis, states of valleys and hard places, those around us will see that. Consequently, if the only time we're praising God and talking about him and sharing our faith is when life is working, they'll see that as well. What do they take away? That our God is a God of convenience. We plug into him when we need him and unplug when we don't. Plug back in when we need it, unplug when we don't. And a, and a God of convenience is not a God that needs to be shared with others. Why? Because they need, they need to see and we need to live and walk and share and tell about a God of consistency. And we're living a consistent and, and often transparent so that people can see inside a consistent and transparent faith. We are a byproduct. The byproduct of that is we're earning the right to share our story. In someone else's lives, when they see they see the ebb and flow of us, they see they they know when we're, we're in a hard place or when things are clicking and working, and they know when they're not. And when they see that ebb and flow and see that the consistency of God is whether my life is working or not, He is, He is good, He is loving, He is caring, He is He is worthy, He is faithful. Whether or not my life resembles that or not, He is still that way. When folks see that around us and know enough, we've lived, lived in enough transparency for them to see that and know that. Their takeaway is. Their God is dependable. Their God is trustworthy. Their God is rooted. Their God is grounded because they are. They're a byproduct of the relationship with God. So if we're living in consistent, transparent faith, it creates more opportunity to share that willingly out of the ebbs and flows of our life. So will God bless the word? Will he bless the seed? Will he bless the gospel in spite of us? Absolutely, every time. But when we sow the seeds, important. Uh, the talented, talented and lovely wife I have, uh, is has been faithful over the years in our daughter's lives to say, girls, timing is everything. Girls, timing is everything. And you know what? It is. When we time our story and we time our faith to match work, to match, the, 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 as I say, the ebbs and flows of our life, people can see that and see 
Their God is real to them. It's not just something they stick, pull off the shelf on Sunday, stick back on the shelf on Monday, pull off on Christmas and Easter and some, stick back on the shelf when it's inconvenient. Their God is real to them. He, is, he walks with them day after day. And so the timing of, of our, the sharing of our, our faith tends to open up for us as God does that. He, he, he will create and open up opportunities, and sometimes we step in where it's not ready, where we've not earned the right yet by living our life transparently in front of someone else. We'll step into it, put our, put our foot in our mouth. Uh, I'll never forget uh, <clears throat> some evangelism training that we had in our youth group as I was growing up and went out the night after that training was finished into the community to knock on doors and share our faith. And the very first door me and a friend of mine were knocking on was fairly close to my house, actually, and <clears throat> a couple of blocks away, and knock on the door, and a screen door, the, the, the big door is open, main door is open. Knock on the screen door, rap on the door. This kid comes to the door about eight or nine years old, and we're we're you know we're pretty pretty stoked because we just finished this evangelism training. A kid about eight or nine comes to the door and, <clears throat> hey God, do you know Jesus? You don't know Jesus as your Savior? His eyes get about this big, and he starts backing away from the door real slow. Starts and turns down the hallway. I hear his mom call from the kitchen. Who is it, son? It's God. God's at the door. <laughs> And that was so off-footing. Why? Because we had never earned the right with this kid. We didn't know this kid from Adam. Hadn't earned the right to share our faith. Hadn't earned the right to tell our story or tell his story to this little, this little boy. But our zeal got ahead of us. Sometimes it does that for you and I sometimes. Our, our, our zeal to see this person's life changed. And I see the hurt on them. I see the pain in them. And, and I know Jesus is the answer to that. I need to tell them about him. And I do. But I need to tell them at the opportune time. Now, here's something I want you to take away from this. That's this. We often see crisis as an opportune time, and sometimes it is. And I'll talk a little more about that in a minute. But in crisis, when a person is in crisis, we need to be Jesus before we ever share Jesus. Make sense? We need to look like him, love like him, nurture like him, encourage like him, pray like him before we ever share a word about his story. If If we be Jesus in crisis, they will hear Jesus in crisis. If all they hear is in crisis, God's, God's the way for you. He's the rescue. He's the, he's the redemption. And he is. He's all of that. But he is that because we show them that, not because we tell them that. And we have to earn the right to tell them that. When we, when we haven't, God will not bless that, that opportunity usually. So it's about how we sow the seed and when we sow the seed. Multiplying also is about where we sow the seed. Look at verse 7. <clears throat> he says there that, <clears throat> excuse me, other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they, they did not bear again. Other seed fell among the thorns and got choked. It's often said that real estate is about location, location, location. And that may be true. There's probably a, lot, a great deal of truth to that. What is just as true is the sharing of our faith, the telling of our story. Multiplication is about environment, environment, environment. Leanne and I were at, uh, I thought about this the other night when we were at Louie's eating dinner. We've been eating dinner at Louie's for good grief, I don't know, 35 years, I guess. And I I like Louie's, you know, I've always liked Louie's, good place to eat, we'll we'll go there. But it's not a place to share your faith with somebody. I can't even think at Louie's. It's it's noisy and it's, dishes are clanging and the the heat and air system's pretty loud and and it's, it's a pretty live place and you can't even... It's, it's hard, and, and the, the worse my voice gets over the years, the more I find her kind of leaning across the table to hear what I'm saying. I can't, I can't even 
make myself think right in that, in that kind of hubbub, that kind of environment. Yet, sometimes we, we will share our faith with somebody over lunch, over, over something where there's tons and tons of distractions, and we'll tell you the enemy will use those distractions every time in every way he can. He'll use any circumstance to twist, to twist an environment his way that he can use. He'll create noise, he'll create distraction, he'll create some kind of inconvenience, some kind of, some kind of something to get our attention off of what we're talking about and onto something else. Where we sow the seed matters. And usually a noisy restaurant's not, not the best place to do that. Look at verse 19. In chapter 4, we read it, read it earlier, but I want you to see what it says here. It says, <clears throat> still others, verse 18, like the seed among the thorns, hear the word, but watch this, verse 19, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. What's he saying? <clears throat> distractions, distractions, distractions. Why? Because we're in the wrong environment, telling the wrong story in the wrong place at the wrong time. Environment's key if we're, if we're going to be successful in, in multiplying our faith and sharing our faith with others. And I would encourage you just to ask God to reveal the right time and place for you. Sometimes it may be over a cup of coffee somewhere. Sometimes it may be just in the front seat of your car, back and forth to lunch with somebody. But ask him to reveal and make it known to you, and he will. And then we have to be faithful to follow his leading, what he's done. Now, I said earlier, and, and I believe this, that in crisis, in a hard place, in a valley, in a storm, it's better to be Jesus than to, to, to tell Jesus. However, those are opportune times if and when we've already earned the right to share our faith. A hard place is, is, is a ripe, usually a ripe and fertile place for someone to hear and receive the gospel. Why? Because life isn't working for them. And if, you, if you've already earned their trust and your faith has already earned a witness with them, step into that door that's open there. That the hard place is created for you. Why? Because Jesus is the answer to, the, to their hard place, and they need to hear it from you. Yet, if you haven't earned it, keep your mouth shut. If you've earned it with them, if you've taken time to build the relationship, and maybe just for that very reason, the only reason you built a relationship is so you can share Jesus, whatever. If you've taken time to earn their, their, their trust and build a relationship with them, and that opportunity creates itself, step into that environment, step into that open door, and speak the gospel to them. It'll be fertile ground again and again. How we sow the seeds important. When we sow the seeds important. Where we sow the seeds important. But finally, sowing the seed is important. That's, that's the, the key I want to get to. Look at verse 8. He says, Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop. Some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. It grew up, grew, and produced a crop. Why? Because it was sown in the right place at the right time, to the right person. When we seek the right place and the right time with the right person, we'll see God bless that effort. We'll find fertile ground for the message. Now, he says here, multiplication, and heck, sometimes in abundance, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. He says here that the right multiplication occurs when the soil and the individual are ready, that they're ripe, that they're fertile, that the ground is soft. Uh, I was watching PBS yesterday, and I was just kind of, for at least two minutes there, enamored by this gardening show. And I'm not a big gardener kind of person. I, mean, I like to grow things, and I like to eat what's grown. But this lady was watching on this gardening show. Asked, asked this man, she was at his, his garden, his place, can I stick my hand down in your dirt? She said, it's, it's rich black dirt. And I've, I've been told that the perfect kind of dirt to grow, especially these kind of crops in, will feel like chocolate cake. It'll act like chocolate cake. Can't you mind if I dig my, dig my hand 
He said, well, sure, go ahead. She digs her hand in and she buries her fist down, you know, this far into the dirt. She said, just like John Wick. What was she saying? It's fertile. This is the right soil to grow this kind of crop. And it, the, 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 the fertility has to do with how it's been watered, how it's been nurtured, how, it's, how the relationships has, has been built, what the enemy has, has revealed himself to be, what God has revealed himself to be. And making sense of this valley, making sense of this opportunity, we've got to sow the seed when the opportunity and the situation presents itself, when the environment is, is right and the soil is ready to, to, to be sown. Um, it also is wise here for, for this farmer to stick to what he knows. And what he knew about, he wasn't, he wasn't off someplace in a lab studying germination. What he knew was scattering seed. That's what he knew about. And he was doing what he knew. That's wise counsel for you and I. We need to tell the story we know. Don't tell my story to your friend. Tell your story to your friend. Why? Your, your, your friend has already seen your story, and it will resonate with them unlike anything else can. Tell what we know. You say, Tim, and perhaps the enemy has beat you up with this over the years. You just don't know enough Scripture. Once you know enough Scripture, God will really start to use your story, your testimony. That's crap. It's junk. It's straight from hell. It should smell like smoke. If you know, if you know this, if you know... For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. If you know that much, you know enough to share your faith with somebody else because the power of the word and the power of your story is, is, <clears throat> is what God will use again and again and again. Quit beating yourself up about how little you know. I, I, I've had training over the years in all kinds of AEE and CWT and Disciple Now and all kinds of acronyms. You know what I go back to every time? What I learned when I was about 14, taking the Roman road, walking somebody through the, to, to, to the gospel through the Roman road. Why? Because it's clear, it's simple, and I've seen it, and I've seen God use it, and I use it again and again and again. Now, sometimes the circumstance won't present itself for that, and I, I've not done that. In fact, as, as we share our faith in Nicaragua there, Sometimes it's more about the moment than it is about the message. It's more about capitalizing on the person's situation and seeing their ripeness. And if they're ripe, they don't need a lot of scripture. All they need to know is, here's Jesus. Here's what the word says. Here's what you need to do. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Any man hear, hear my voice and invite me in to sup with him, he with me. If, if they're ripe and ready, go. If they need some convincing by the word, let the word resonate with them. And you may be planting a seed that someone else, and this is key, you may be planting a seed that someone else waters, and still someone else even harvests, especially here in our, in, in our country. Because what I've seen in my lifetime, perhaps you've seen some of these same things in your lifetime, is the sharing of the gospel and the person coming to Jesus is a process. When I came to Christ, it was an event. I went to a tent revival service, and of course I was raised in a Christian home, so my, 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 my heart was already ripe to the truth. But I, I, I sensed the presence of God at that event, and I responded to the presence of God in that event. Anymore, people coming to Christ is more about process than, than it is about an event or a revival service or something else. I don't know that that's good or bad. It just is what it is in our culture because we become so so callous to the gospel. And, and it's, we've seen it become such a challenge to share. But here's, here's something I think is important and vital for every person of faith to know. You may be a seed sower. You may never see the harvest. You may be a waterer. Someone else may have sown before you. And you may never see the harvest. Or you may, be, you may be the harvest where someone else has both sown and watered. My, my coming to Christ was as a result of parents and, and a grandmother who, 
sow the gospel into me, you know, sow, sow the love of Jesus into me. But what time I was this high growing up. So my heart was ripe and ready to receive the gospel when it did. Was it W.A. Criswell that was pre- preaching that revival service? No. It was a grandmother who sowed the gospel into me. It was parents who sowed the gospel into me. <clears throat> All of my growing up years to make that heart that night fertile and ripe and ready to receive the gospel. So forget the roles, whether you're sower, water, or reaper. Forget the roles. Just be, let's just be obedient to, to sharing our story and allow God to use it where he wants to use it. He's faithful to do that. Listen to these words in Isaiah 55. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. What's he saying? It will be faithful to share this word with the folks who need to hear your story. God will use it every time. Will he use it in that moment for them to come to Christ? Maybe, maybe not. If they're already, they've already been sown and watered and they're ripe, yes, you'll, you'll, you'll reap the harvest. But never fail, never fail to mention the word of God. It's the basis for the gospel. It's the basis for every truth we know about Jesus. And, and the gospel we're sharing is not our own. It's his. The gospel we're sharing is, is his death, burial, and resurrection for us. And, and that story we've owned and that story we can share, but it is, it is all about him and less about us. But he will bless his word every time in spite of us, yes. Because of us, yes. He'll bless his word every time we share it. It will not return void, he says. That's a great promise. And the multiplication God handles, and he handles well here, he says in this verse, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, 100 to 1. I like those odds. I just got a statement not long ago on my 2017 my little small retirement, 403B retirement account that I have. And uh, I made it, made seventeen between almost eighteen percent on those monies in in twenty seventeen, which is a pretty good return, pretty good ROI return on investment. Nothing like this though, nothing like thirty percent, sixty fold, a hundred fold. What's he saying? If we'll be faithful to sow the seed, he will bring about the harvest every time in the right way at the right moment. Maybe with us, maybe, but maybe not. Maybe with someone else, maybe in another church with another friend. But if we'll be, if we'll be faithful to sow the seed, God will bring the harvest every time in his time, in his way, and according to his terms. It's, it's, it's seldom how we would, how we would set, set about doing it. But this, this first, or this passage actually in Mark 4, teaches about one thing central, and that's this, targeting. It teaches us to target what we say, when we say it, where we say it, and how we say it. He says, an, an, an ill-placed comment, an ill-placed sharing of the gospel, a place where we've not earned the right yet to share it, zip it and begin to pray, begin to live transparently from this person until you've earned the right to share your faith. If it's a person you see regularly, listen for his, his leadership, the leadership of his spirit, and watch for the doors that God opens, and he'll open them. Sometimes he'll open them and it'll petrify us. You mean now? I'm, I'm not ready. Yeah, now. I'm not ready now. doesn't matter. Now's the time. Let's step in. Sometimes we'll knock them down before they're ready, and I've done that often way too many times to my own uh, detriment. But I'll knock the door down before it's, before it's ripe, before the, the ground is fertile and the gospel is ready to be presented. And I learned those lessons the hard way. But if we will target the sharing of our faith in these ways, as, as, as he uses this parable to describe, the sowing in the right way, how we sow, where we sow, when we sow, but that we sow. We need to be faithful to sow and sow and sow. We also need to be 
be consistent to learning how. And here, here's the greatest challenge I've found over the years to sharing our faith with others. And it's just learning how to conversationalize our faith. Learning how to verbalize. It's, it's, why, I, it's why I put these things. Uh, did somebody grab all of these? All, uh, good, if you did. We'll print more. It's why I set these things out, out here for you to, if you work in an office setting, set four or five of these on your desk. Don't say a word about them. Just set them on your desk. If you work in a retail setting, set them on the counter. If, if your boss lets you do that, just don't say a word about it. Just sit on the counter. I guarantee you sooner or later somebody's going to say, what's that? You know what that is? It's a conversation starter. You know what these T-shirts that the row of baits have on back here in the, in the back row? Those are conversation starters. What's CP? Those are conversation starters that lead us to a conversation about faith, conversation maybe about our church, but more, more importantly about, about our Lord and about our relationship with him. It's exactly what those are for. Use them in that way. Look for ways to, to create opportunities to share and conversationalize your faith about your story, about what, what God has done, what he's up to, and what he's going on, what's going on in your life right now, to say, man, God's all over this. Really? Yeah, let me share it with you. Here's what he's done. He's used me to be able to X, Y. As you begin to tell your story, it begins to resonate with him to say, that's not that much different from me. I was in a hard place too, and I, I, needed, I needed some rescue and redemption in a hard place too, and God was that for you. Can he be that for me? And as, as our story starts to resonate with other folks that are in similar situations, you'll see God begin to work that dirt and begin to soften that soil, and the heart begins to soften, and that old calloused place of just wanting nothing to do with Jesus begins to soften over time, and God begins to open the door, and sooner or later, there it is, and the questions come, and the opportunities are presented to say, tell me about that. If we'll look for those opportunities, God will create them. If, if, if we'll just get started, if we just get started, God will take care of the math. He'll take care of the math. He'll take care of the multiplication. If we'll just get started, the multiplication is up to him. And it never never did depend on us, regardless of what the enemy has told us to believe. A couple of observations, and we're done. One is this, that God will multiply both the kingdom and our influence when we, when we make talking about our faith a lifestyle. When we... We can learn to make it a lifestyle, not just something that's conjured up. And they, they can tell if it's conjured up because they'll, any, any, any friend of yours can recognize memorized speech. They, they recognize a the line they'll, and the walls will go up. It's some, it's some classic church that they've learned, some, some, some method. Some, we can learn to conversationalize our faith and tell our story. God will bring about the, the increase. He'll bring about the, the softening of the soil. He'll use it every time. He'll use the kingdom and grow the kingdom as a result of our influence. Second thing is this, he's designed spiritual math so that it always, always, always works in your favor. He's designed spiritual math so that it always works. Subtraction is good for you. The addition is good for you. The multiplication is good for you. It, it encourages you to do, to do it even more, and the kingdom grows as a result of it. God's math is always for our good. Now, we can't see that on the front end until we start to apply it. When we start to apply it, it started to make sense because it really boils down to this. It is less about the ingredients and more about the entree. It's less about the method, less about the means, and more about what God is up to in the end result. And the end result is people coming to Christ. People hearing your story that's shared willingly and, and regularly as a result of you're learning to talk about things that matter to you as opposed to what the balls are doing or what the weather's doing or what... When you start to talk about things that are of significant, things that have eternal significance, God will start to honor that conversation and ripen and fertilize the ground around you and the hearts of people around you. 
that influence grows and the story grows and the kingdom grows as a result of that. We get caught up with the enemy saying, you don't know the right things. You don't say the right things. You've missed the right opportunity. It will never occur again. We start to look at the ingredients too, too deeply. We get sidetracked too quickly. We see the, the big picture. We see the, see, see the entree that God is up to in, in the heart of this person that needs to hear the gospel. The ingredients will start to matter less and less and less. It will start to follow the spirit more and more and more. Don't focus on the wrong things. God will honor and multiply the kingdom and grow your faith if we'll just learn to tell our story again and again. God will do it every time. He's, he's really good at math. In fact, he's incredible at math and really incredible at multiplication. We've got to initiate the multiplication. He'll take it from there every time. Let's pray.